0: I'm in New York for the International Conference of Chabad Rabbis, and I heard a story that my grandfather shared with me before. Well, I heard many more details about this amazing story. There is, um, 1984, uh, there was a uh, decision in the reform movement to put out a, um, a a press release about Chabad and why they feel that Chabad is doing the wrong thing. And my grandfather, Rabbi Fogelman, had a very warm relationship with the head of the reform movement in the United States, Rabbi Alex Schindler. And the Rabbi's secretary asked my grandfather if he's able to do anything about this. So he called up Rabbi Schindler, and as a result of the conversation... Uh, indeed, he did not, um, the Reform Movement t- took that off the agenda, and they did not make any proclamation with trying to um, disparage people from associating with Chabad, and the, the story didn't end there. Shortly afterwards, uh, my grandfather brought Rabbi Schindler with him to the Rebbe's for bringing with his son, and, and it was a very uh, inspiring event for both of them. Um Rabbi Schindler's son shared how the Rabbi singled him out, not only his father, his father was head there for movement, but he singled him out as a person, as an individual, and just felt the warmth and the love. As soon as he walked in, It just, just felt so good. Rabbi Schindler and his son said they felt like they came home. This is very unusual because you know they were they, they, they felt like they were at, at odds. With the Rebbe and the odds of the Chabad movement, because they're a Reform and Conservative, and here is this whole, um, and here they're they're coming to the Rebbe's for bringing, and yet they were so welcomed and so embraced, and so he, he was very he's very affected by this. At the end of the for bringing, I said to my grandfather, "Naya a new kind of impact. They were very much appreciated that the the Reform movement came there. And he said, "Nay, This is this is amazing. What a, what a great! My grandfather um, got a letter from my a little while afterwards, and he said to him, "You know, Rabbi Fogelman, it's probably better that you and I don't talk um, philosophy to each other, because I can't um, appreciate a movement that doesn't really consider me a Jew." So he has the letter. The letter says, "How can I?" Um, respect a movement that doesn't consider me a full Jew. So obviously that's not true. Uh, one of the principles in Torah is that once if someone's a Jew, they are always a Jew. So my grandfather is very shocked to hear this um, this 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 kind of statement, and he asked the Rebbe what he should do to respond, and the Rebbe responded that my grandfather should. Try to, to, to do something about this. He should, you should know, make an effort that to give the that this kind of um, uh, impression shouldn't be that way. He shouldn't think that way. And they are was surprised. how could it be that he doesn't yet understand that he is looked at as a Jew and not not, not and not anything less than that. So my grandfather decided to send a article to a hundred different newspapers proclaiming the meaning of a Jew according to Torah. Now, once someone is a Jew, they're always a Jew. It's an interesting um, edit that the Rebbe did to the article. In the article, if I remember correctly, he quoted uh, Tanad Raba. Yo'Rabba. Tanad Ve'il Raba. it says that there are uh, two things that precede creation, the Torah and the Jewish people, But which is Higher, the Torah or the Jewish people, and when you it says in Tanavelyo, you can't really know which one is higher. However, since it says that, so that clearly indicates that the uh, that the Jewish people are higher than than the Torah. So that's what he put in the article, but the um, but the Rebbe said he should remove that from the article. Because it will give people the impression that the um, that they don't need the Torah. So although it's true that the source of the Jewish people is a place that's even above the Torah, but he shouldn't put this in the article because that will give people the impression that they don't need the Torah. The truth is that although the source of the soul is higher than the Torah, however, in order for a Jew to connect with God in this world, we absolutely need the Torah to do that. Anyways, that's what my grandfather did, and this had this this, this profound effect on Rabbi Schindler. until today, Rabbi Schindler passed away in 2000, and his son still warmly remembers the relationship and the connection, and how, uh, the, as he remarked, what unites us is a lot greater than what divides us. That's the first I wanted to share. One more story. Um, Rabbi um, Chaimir Bukit, was a prominent Chabad rabbi who had a synagogue in East Flatbush here in New York. And I heard the story from his son, uh, who lives in Chicago, believe, uh, who said that um, there was a man who was going to make a wedding for his son. And he had a hard time raising funds for the wedding. So he went to many people Asking them to give him money for the wedding, but in order to inspire people to give him more money, he made up a story. He had three children. He was a Satmar Chassid, he was a Chassid, the Satmar Rebbe, and he had three children. But in order to make his story a little more sensational, the Hasidic Rebbe's in New York, this was many years ago, this was in the 60s, and he asked them all, and they all gave him large donations to help him make the wedding. And they told him, or a book that. That he also wants to go visit our rebbe and ask our right. rebbe for an audience. He didn't say why he wanted to visit the rebbe. So Rebekah assumed in honor of the, of the wedding he wanted to get a blessing. So it said to you, "So do you want to go in with, as customary, with the family, the groom, and family, the bride?" He said, no, "No, no, just an audience, just for me." He didn't know what the reason was, but he said, "Okay, I'll try." When's the wedding? The wedding is very. Wedding was was a week or two away. He's very close to the wedding, and the rebbe usually, in order to have an audience, with the rebbe it takes a long time to. Arrange the audience. So it wasn't really something that would normally be done, but Rabbi Bukit called up the Rebbe's secretary, Rabbi Groner, al-Bashon, and he said to him, Is it possible for you to arrange an audience immediately for um, for my friend? It's a close friend, and I want to ha- I want him to have an audience with the Rabbi. So Rabbi Bukit uh, pleaded, he begged Rabbi Groner, and Rabbi Groner says, Okay, you're you know, you, rabbi Haimer, you're a prominent rabbi, you're asking for this. I am going to, um, I'm going to do this. So, uh, and when he left, he slammed the door open, he's out. And rabbi, um, rabbi Groner is wondering, Is the rabbi okay? And the guy ran out of the building, and he was like so, so unusual. So he goes in to see the rabbi that was. Debbie said, uh, everything's okay, you continue sending in the next person, but please give a message to the man who was just here that I have a $1,000 check for him waiting in the, in the secretariat for him uh, for the wedding. All right. Rabbi Groner was a little bit unnerved, and he uh, called up Rabbi, um, Rabbi Rabbi Bukit and asked him, what's going on? Why are you um, sending me people who are so insolent to the Rebbe? So Rabbi right, Bukit said, like, what happened? So he told him. So Rabbi Buket said that uh, he's, going to, he's going to find out. He had the neighbor across the street, his name was Shmuel Zanvil. He went to Shmuel Zanvil's house. Oh, Shmuel Zanvil, what's going on? You asked me for an audience, and then you were so insolent. They were speaking to you and ran away from him. What's going on? So Shmuel Zanvil said that he gave his paper into the Rebbe. And again, the paper said that he has 10 children. We only had three children. So he looked at the paper. The said, so these are your children. Look at the three children. These three are your children. But who are the other seven? In other words, the Rebbe knew, the divine inspiration, that the people he said were his children weren't really his children. They were just made up names. So he was so taken aback that he was caught red-handed saying something which wasn't true, that he ran out of the Rebbe's room, and he ran home, and Sir Bukit um, understood you know, why he was so embarrassed. But um, the next day, Rabbi Groner said, asked, called over Bukit, he said the Rebbe wants to know if the check was picked up already, had the check been picked up, and the check wasn't picked up, can you tell the guy to please come back to the Rebbe to receive the check? <laughs> The guy was too embarrassed; he didn't want to go. So, I wrote a this and sent one of his sons to cup the check and to bring the check to um, to this man. He was he was so uh, um, so so mortified by his by his uh, behavior. I'll show you one more uh, contemporary story. This was we just blessed the month of Kislev, and this is a story that happened with the Rebbe's emissary to Pasadena. Rabbi Hanoka. His story took place in um, 2016. He got a phone call from the mall that he would had he erected a menorah in this mall. And he got a phone call from the owners of the mall, developers, diversified realty, that they cannot allow them to put a, a, a menorah in the mall. It was who was close to Hanukkah, and he asked them, why can't you put a menorah there? And they said, because we can't have any religious symbols in our mall. So he asked them, you can't have religious symbols in the wall, so how come you have a tree? So they said the tree is for the winter holiday, it's more of a public message, it's not like the menorah, which is a very Jewish religious symbol. So he, this went back and forth. They were saying that the, the, the tree is okay for this, and the menorah is not and uh rabbi hanoka did not take this lying down he um he first of all he he wrote a letter to the rebbe and sent it to the oil and said you know the whole purpose of this menorah being put in this public area is to fulfill the Rebbe's instruction to publicize the miracle and to will do as much as you can as far as you can and he, he wants a blessing that they should be able to do this anyways he called the mayor And mayor was a Jewish man, a friend of um, sorry, a non-Jewish man who was friendly with Rabbi Yanoka, and he was pained by this. But he said, "I can't do this. This is and do anything about this. This is their their company. They could do what they want." Uh, He tried to call other places to find make it to put their the public menorah lighting in Pasadena to be somewhere else, but the end is they didn't really have anywhere else to put it, and they decided they're going to make the menorah lighting in the Chabad House parking lot. So, on it, and they put that announcement out in the newspapers. In 19th of Kislev, he got a phone call from local papers. What happened was, Rabbi Hanoka had mentioned in his Torah class how this is really wrong, how they, they didn't allow him to put a in order there, and he uh, really um, felt that this should be something the newspaper should know about. So one of the women who comes to his class said, you know what? Good idea. So she called the newspapers. Said, What's going on? How come you don't let... The, how come this can happen in Pasadena? They don't let them... Let the Jewish people put up menorah like the other religions put up their, their symbols. So the newspapers called, called up Rabbi Anoka and said, this is this is a story. Can, you talk, can we talk to you about this? So he told the reporter, come to the Chabad Center at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and... Uh, he didn't have the regular menorah that he usually used to put out. It was too heavy, so he took out another old menorah, and he put them into the into this. He, he took some um, uh, lamps, electric lamps, to put them in the menorah, and uh, only eight out of nine worked. And so when the when the uh, news reporter came and interviewed him, they took a picture of him with this uh, menorah that had one broken light. The next morning, on the 20th of Kislev, um, he sees on the headline of the, uh, the newspaper a picture of him next to Menorah, and the headline says, Menorah lights out. The Menorah's lights are out. They're extinguished. And they wrote a whole article about the story and how the tree is allowed, but the, can't, the Menorah is not allowed. And they also publicized that the mayor was against this. And right after Hanoka finishes morning prayers, he gets a phone call from KNX 1070, the biggest radio station in California, and they wanted to put this on the air at 8:30 in the morning. So they gave him um, uh, 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 they gave him 30 seconds to talk about what's going on. And as soon as he finished his um, interview on the on the air on the radio, he got a phone call from. CBS, Fox News, NBC, and ABC, another station, another television station, and they all want to talk to him. I said, "Okay, come to the come to the Chabad house." So they set up their their stations, each 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 um, news station set up in the Chabad house parking lot, and he went from station to station, telling each station his story, and uh, it ended up being publicized in five television stations and two radio stations. Um, there was even one television station that sent a crew to interview passerby's of the Chabad house. What do you guys think about what's going on? Anyways, we think about they asked them, "What do you think about this anti-Semitic um, deed that happened in the in the uh, in the um, mall? They're allowing the tree, they're not allowing the menorah." And people were responding in these interviews, like. I'm not going to go buy anything anymore in that mall. How, could they, how and this mall is not allowing them the order. I'm not going to buy anything, and the uh, owners of the stores are um, we're getting upset. They, and they started to complain because the the owner of the company that runs the mall is anti-Semitic. Therefore, we should lose business. So they um, this this same television station sent a crew also to interview one of the biggest priests in Pasadena about this anti-Semitic incident. And he also was very angry. He says, how can you say that the tree is not religious? How can you say that? And so the story was going farther and farther out. So all of a sudden, guess who calls Rabbi, Rabbi Hanoka Yep. This same, the, the um, vice president of developers diversified uh realty calls him up and says, Yep, we want to talk to you. So he tells the secretary, Um, I'll call him back soon. I'm busy. And about an hour and a half later, when the story was already publicized everywhere, he um he talks to the guy. The guy says, Listen, it was a mistake, I don't know how this happened. So, what could we do to bring this menorah back to the mall? Listen, they already put publicity got somewhere else. I already put out that we're going to do manure lighting in the Chabad Center, in the parking lot. How much is it going to cost to bring the manure back to the mall? says about $5,000. Okay, we got the $5,000 in order to bring the manure back to the mall. Not only did they get it back to the mall, they put the manure in the center of the mall, not like they had the years before, which was in some side area. And uh, he then, Rabbi Hanoko, once goes outside back to the news reporters and tells them, how the victory has happened, and they are going to uh, uh, have a menorah again in the mall. And all, to Rabbi Hanukkah's surprise, uh, when he brings the menorah to the mall the next day, there's a whole, there's, there, there there are television crews waiting for him. And so they started to dance on the menorah, do something in honor of these, uh, these, these television crews that want to hear the story. So by the lighting of the menorah, the first time of Hanukkah, lots and lots of people came. Everyone heard about this. The conservative rabbi Pasadena came there as well, because because this uh, this has you know um, has gotten out as as uh, something that's anti-Semitic, and they wanted to so, show solidarity with Chabad. That they're coming also to uh, express their their uh, freedom of religion, and and yes, they stand by the Chabad, they stand by the menorah. So it was a huge huge success. One of the yeshiva students. Was got a little bit too excited. Uh, he saw the mayor at the event, and the mayor looks like uh, a good candidate for a Hasidic dance. Took off his hat, put the hat on the mayor, and he put put <laughs> the mayor up on his shoulders and danced around with the mayor. And the mayor's wife was a little shocked, and he had to um, get the uh, boy to um, uh, lower the his the, the mayor back on the ground. Anyways, the point is that um, that the, the, I Avianoka. Mean, he sought the Rebbe's blessing, and he saw the miraculous blessing of Allah, instead of this being something that was a negative thing, as the Balshantus says, there's a time of trouble for Yaakov, it's a time of trouble, and you're saved from the problem. Baal says that the solution to the problem is created from the problem itself, that the problem itself is a source of the solution. And so, um, as we enter in a week, and the custom is on on Saturday night, the Motzai Shabbat, to say, "Al do not be afraid, my servant Yaakov. That's a custom. We sing this song on Motzai Shabbos as as we enter into new week. Hashem promise us, don't be afraid of the mission you need to do. Doesn't matter where you are, I'm meeting over the Shabbos, colleagues, you know, all over the world, in the most remote places, and uh, it, it's 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 something that wherever we are, whatever we're doing. Each of us is an emissary to share Torah and Judaism and inspiration wherever we are. And no matter what the darkness looks like, the darkness itself is meant to reveal a greater light. As the first night of Hanukkah, when do you light the menorah? As soon as it starts to get dark, oh, now, now it's time to light my menorah. The darkness itself is meant to summon a greater inspiration, a greater light. It's very in sync last story, really. Uh, with this coming week, this coming week is the uh, anniversary of the Rebbe's safe return home after his heart attack in uh, 1970, Tashal um, Amuches, 1978, 77 um, actually. The Rebbe returned home after his heart attack, and before, right after the heart attack, which was on Shmini um the Hasidim, you can imagine that this such a celebratory time and when so happy and now there gets a heart attack and all of the all of the celebrations were just like it's all, no 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 one was celebrating anymore. You know, it was it was it was when it went from celebration to, to mourning and being very upset. The Rebbe had this heart attack. And the Rebbe said they should continue to celebrate some Torah. And he said that he asked the doctor, the doctor had to do an, an injection, he asked the doctor. What draws the blood? Does the needle or the vacuum? And the doctor says it's the vacuum that draws the blood. So I said to go out to the Hasidim and tell them how the vacuum actually becomes a source of new energy. That precisely because the Rebbe is not going to come out and he's not going to celebrate in the regular way, that actually should draw that actually naturally draws forth more energy and more excitement because that you know when your absence makes a heart grow fun, therefore it causes a more of a cele- more of a um, celebration, more of a connection to why you're celebrating and what, it, and what it's all for. So that's like the Baal taught us that from the problem itself comes salvation. And as indeed, and in Rosh Chodesh Kislev, miraculously, there at a revolutionary recovery, miraculous recovery, and went home the first time um, on, on the first of Kislev. So this this Shabbos, this Matzah Shabbos, blesses. The Rosh Chodesh Kisler reminds us that whatever's going on in our life, that's not the way that we want it to be. Hashem, salvation comes in the blink of an eye, and, and very often it's the it's the challenge itself that we're experiencing, which is the source of bringing out the, our deepest and best self. And uh, may we not have any more challenges, no more any more problems, and celebrate very soon, of Mamish, with Mashiach. It's happened tonight. Alti Rabbi no reason to fear. Go to Yishalayim. to Harabayis, to Migdash. Without any any uh, delay even a moment. I couldn't walk.